The Mutual Audio Network, where relaxation and imagination blend. Listen responsibly. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. This episode of Bells in the Bat Free was released October 11th, 2008. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 77 of Bells in the Bat Free. I'm John Bell, your genial host, and this show is going to be an author show. I have several guests who have written books of interest, and we're going to discuss them and look at these books. In a few moments, I'll have an author who has written a very, uh, very interesting book on how to keep your marriage alive. She'll be in in just a few moments, but my first guest is big game hunter and chef Chumley Chamondali. Hello, Mr. Chamondali. You call me Chumley. Chumley, then. Chumley, yes, yes, Chumley. Chumley. Yes, Mr. Um, Bell. No, yes, Mr. Bell. Call me John. John, I'll call you John, then, Mr. Bell. That'd be Bell. fine, yes. Yes, I've written a book uh, based on my experiences, and uh, here's a copy here. Oh, thank you. Uh, hunting Wildebeest in the Savannah. Oh, yes, yes. I spent many hours hunting the Wildebeest all through the Savannah. Yes, do you spend a lot of time in Africa? Africa? Yes, Africa. Africa, no, no, I've never been to Africa, actually. I'd like to try going there sometime. But, be but, quite um, interesting, I mean. It says that you hunted wildebeest in the savannah. Well, you're not quite reading that exactly right. I hunted wildebeest in savannah. Savannah. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, Savannah, Georgia. Nice town, very homey, nice, peaceful, but very few wildebeest. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You hunted wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia? Am I speaking too quickly for you, sir? No. Should I use smaller words? No, no. Shorter sentences. You're having a little uh, trouble comprehending. Yeah. Why, why, why were you hunting wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia? Do you have something against Georgia, you know? No, man? I was just wondering why. Well, I happened to be living there at the time, uh-huh. and I decided to myself, you know, I need to go out and find some wildebeest so I could write about it. So I went out hunting wildebeest. Unless I'm mistaken, there are no wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia. It's that sort of attitude that keeps people down, sir. Well, you have I... to go after your dream. Well, you yes, can't I understand. let people de- de- deter you. You well, must go on to... and, and do what you want to do. Like yes, hunting wildebeest right. in Savannah, Georgia, sir. All right, All right I'm sorry. I apologize. How right. many wildebeest did you get in Savannah, Georgia? That's the attitude, Pip Pip Goodshow. Let's see, I was hunting there for two years. I spent the summer in the northern part of the winter. There's a very discouraging climb the mountains. Um, uh, being generally, um, none. None. There are no wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia. Yet you wrote this 372-page book about hunting wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia? Yes, if, if, if the reader gets nothing else from this book, I would hope that they would get the impression that um, hunting for wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia is somewhat of a uh, <clears throat> futile effort. I see. There being no wildebeest, wildebeest in Savannah, Savannah Georgia. Georgia. Let's move on to your next book here. I understand this is a cookbook. Yes, in my spare time while I was hunting wildebeest, I came up with this cookbook with some of my favorite recipes. I see. And what is your specialty? Wildebeest. You wrote a cookbook about cooking wildebeest. Yes, I want to be prepared in case I ever bagged one. You've never bagged a wildebeest? Well, no, not yet. But I'm sure if I ever see one, I'll certainly... You've uh... never seen one? Well, not as such, uh, no. Yet you wrote a book about cooking wildebeest. Yes, and here's the title. Wildebeest, be home for dinner. And how many ways do you have to cook a wildebeest? 101 ways. Just open it up at random to any page at all. All right. Uh, here, page 37. Boil it. Ah, yes, boiled wildebeest. That's all it says. Of course. 
on the entire page. All it says is boil it. Well, that's all you need to do. Doesn't say how long to boil it. Till it's cooked. Okay, let's go to another page. Here's page 75. Oh, yes, yes. What does it say? It says fry it. Ah, fried wildebeest. It doesn't even say what temperature to heat the oil. I would say heat it to a sufficient degree to fry a wildebeest. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. Broil. Oh, yeah. Parch. Delicious. Rotisserie. Gotta try it. Barbecue. Yum, yum. Shake and bake. Need a really big bag. Are you ever going out again to find more wildebeest? Oh, yes. I was thinking of going to the Sahara. The desert? In Las Vegas. Oh. And if I see one of those things slithering out from under a rock, wait, wait, wait. I... Slithering? Slithering out from under a rock. Wait, wait. Wildebeest don't slither. They don't slither. They don't slither at all. Forked tongue. No forked tongue. Scales. No, they're not snakes. I may have to go back to Savannah. Might be a good idea. Thank you very much, uh... Chumley. Chumley. Chumley, yes, thank you. For joining us on Bells in the Battery. Next time I see you, we'll have a wildebeest feast. Ho, 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 ho. Goodbye. Well, that was... Sorry, discharged my wildebeest gun. Informative. My next guest has written a book on how to survive a marriage, how to make it last, so I'd like you to... So I'd like you to welcome to the studio... Something's wrong. Uh, hold on just a second. Something's wrong with the audio here. Let me see if I can get hold of Arnie. Arnie? Yes, Mr. Bell. I'm here. Wake up. There's something wrong with the audio. I'm getting the strange sound in my headphones. Maybe that's just you talking. <laughs> Arnie, can you come in here, please, and see what the problem is? I'm already here, Mr. Bell. What? I'm right behind you. How can you? Yeah. See? Told you. Arnie, how are you sounding? Huh? Uh, why is your voice? Why is my voice? Oh, my goodness. Listen to my voice. I must have a frog in my throat. Hold on. <coughs> Hi-ho, everybody. Here, I feel much better now. Uh, Arnie, look, my next guest is outside waiting to come in, but I don't want her to come in here while the, the audio is all messed up. Can you see what the problem is? Sure, sure, sure. Let's take a look under the hood here. Uh, let's see. Here's the planet. The prefilator. The Anstan Guacolating uh, Oscillator for the Ramfraggle Jim Sprockle. Oh, here's your problem, Mr. Bell. Oh, what is it there? It's the uh, color tube. The what? It's the color tube. I'm going to have to replace Will it. Will I be able to do the podcast if you... Uh... Well, it, when I take it out, you'll still be able to do your podcast, but it'll be in black and white instead of color. Black and white. Yeah, once I take the color tube out, the color disappears, and the whole podcast will just turn black and white. How can the podcast be? Well, in... do you want me to replace it or not, Mister Bell? You're wasting time. Okay, here. okay, okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead and pull it out and replace it. We'll just go black and white. I guess. All right, I'll pull it right out. You're calling your next guest. Here we go. And it was a Thursday afternoon, not unlike any other Thursday afternoon, meaning I was alone with my oldest friend. A bottle of scotch, and it had aged much better than I had. We were having a meaningful discussion when a knock came to the door. A knock like a pile driver desperate to break what's left of Jimmy Hoffa from the concrete foundation of a downtown Chicago department store. I didn't have any active clients at the moment, my last two clients having become permanently inactive during the more dangerous parts of my last investigations. So I called out for the person in the hall to make their way through the unlocked door and into my sparsely furnished excuse for a reception area. The doorknob turned slowly, like the tire of a 38 Chevy as it inches its way through a downpour while the driver tries to wipe the fog off the windshield for a better view. And the view couldn't have been better than what walked through the door in stiletto heels, so tall and sharp that Robin Hood could have used them to steal from anybody he felt like and keep it all for himself. It was a dame. A classy dame. A dame so classy that you'd almost not call her a dame, 
but a dame she was in that she was female. And you could tell that she was female even if you were sitting in a steam room with a bucket over your head. And speaking of steam, the temperature in my office increased 10 degrees with every step she took. Her eyes were bluer than a depressed bluebird of happiness in a block of ice. Her lips were redder than an embarrassed sunburned redbird signing up for a communist rally. Her skin was softer than the feathers of a peacock who got caught in the fluff cycle of a clothes dryer. This bird had class. I couldn't wait to hear her sing. I pointed to the cleanest chair in my office, which was dust-free because my previous client had been sitting on it all night before the coroner removed him from it this morning. She sat down and crossed her gams, which were shapelier than a pretzel formed by a baker in the middle of a sneezing fit. What can I do for you? Well, Mr. Bell... Her voice was as sweet as a package of Pez and a Shirley Temple dispenser with chocolate on top. My husband is philandering. Let's talk about Phil later. What can I do for you, Mrs. Andering? She blushed slightly. A delicate shade of red crossed her cheeks like a baby's butt after it's been slapped with talc. Except without the talc. You misunderstand me, Mr. Bell. My name is Wood. Shirley Wood. I didn't doubt it. Hello, Mrs. Wood. Tell me about your husband, Phil. My husband's name is Red. I see. He uses an alias, eh? I just met this beauty, and already her story had more twists and turns than a snake with a heartburn trying to dance the samba on a hot sidewalk with some kids shooting BBs at it. Perhaps I should start at the beginning. I was impressed. Looks and brains. Go ahead, Mrs. Wood. Tell me your story. Tell me your tale of treachery so vile that the entire Spanish Inquisition would seem more like a 4-H fundraiser for a homeless kitten featuring the Osmonds by comparison. I'll do my best. You see, I've been married for ten years. Congratulations. Not today. I What kind of lies are you feeding me, Mrs. Wood? Is this your anniversary or not? No, it's not. I hated doing that to her, but I had to know the truth. For truth is a foundation upon which an investigation can be built and stand the test of time, instead of lies, which are the quicksand that sucks under everything that you hold dear, forsaking nobody, and ending up with everybody unhappy, covered with mud, and some poor Joe being strapped into the electric chair. Is that what you want? Is what what I want? I forgot that my truth analogy was an internal monologue and I hadn't said it out loud, except for the part where I said... Is that what you want? Is what what I want? I did it again. I realize I have to treat this dame with kid gloves. They didn't fit me very well, me being an adult, but I put them on. They were as tight as the night watchman in a beer factory when he's being paid with product instead of money. Okay, spill it. What? The night watchman's beer? I wish I knew when I was talking out loud or not. You're talking out loud. Oh, thank you. Finish your story. You were telling me about Phil. Red. Redwood. I think he's seeing another woman. I thought for a moment. It made sense he would see another woman. There are more women in this world than there are pickled eggs in the big jars and bars across New York City's east side. Possibly even a few in the lower west side thrown in for good measure. All those women would be hard to miss. I think he wants to marry this other woman and and do away with me. This put a whole different spin on the caper. If you'd only seen this other broad, there'd be no problem. But to see and marry this other woman... No, that doesn't work. I could tell he was as big a heel as the bottom rear of the really big shoe. Okay, let's get to the meat of this problem. Like I get to the meat of a big hero sandwich by biting into it with my teeth and getting past all the bread and lettuce and mayo and tomato to get to the meat, which is in the middle where my teeth meet. In the meat. I liked it better when you talked to yourself. How do you know your hubby is two-timing you? Little things I've noticed, like... 
He's been coming home late from work every Monday. He comes in after midnight? He comes in after Thursday. Anything else? He smells of cheap perfume. Instead of the good perfume he usually uses. Exactly. And there's lipstick on his cheek. How do you know that the lipstick belongs to this one particular woman? Because she's still attached to the lipstick. I had to admit, she had a pretty strong case. Okay, sweetheart, maybe he's serious about this dame that's attached to him by the lips, but what makes you think he wants to do you in? Because of something he said yesterday. What was that? He said, honey, I'm going to do you in. Are you sure you heard him right? He wrote it down for me to make sure I understood. She was in a situation that was worse than dodging the bouncing bankers on Black Tuesday back in 29. I gave her my card and told her that I'd get back to her if I had any information. Then she reminded me that she hadn't given me her number. I didn't have anything to write her number on, so I took my card back and wrote her number on it. That one card has lasted me ten years. I began my investigation on the street, specifically Elm Street. Even more specifically, the Elm Street Bar. A great place to get information. It was run by a guy we all called Joe, which was odd because his name was Osgood. Hello, Joe. What do you know? I just got back from a podcast show. That's all I needed. I was happily absorbing this important piece of information when a weasley little man entered the bar. He was greasy, sweaty, nervous, and very familiar. Last time I saw him, he was working for Gorilla Montague, and it was my understanding that the little twerp fell into disfavor with the gorilla and into the river. But here he was, as alive as the future of radio and it looked like he was looking for somebody. Something in my gut told me he was looking for me. I don't usually listen to my internal organs when they talk, but this time they may have saved my life. I stepped up to the little guy and introduced myself. How do you do? How do I do what? Looking for somebody? Maybe I am, maybe I ain't. Don't play dumb with me. I don't like sweaty and or greasy little gunsels playing me for a patsy. And I especially don't like it when they slap me. So cut it out! I don't like being called a gun shell. I don't have a gun. And if I did, I wouldn't sell it. This half pound of bologna was trying to act as tough as a 50 cent steak at Ralph's, medium well, with some nice hot home fries on the side, which are pretty darn good as long as you give them plenty of ketchup. But it didn't wash. It didn't even get as far as rinse and hold. I tried the direct approach. I thought Gorilla Montague had you fitted for concrete overshoes. He did. You like them? Wingtips. Very stylish. If you knew what's good for you, you'd come with me, Belle. Well, I don't know what's good for me. I eat junk food, run with scissors, and don't play well with others. All I'm saying is, if you want to keep breathing, stay off this case. Who sent you, Pixie Dust? You know I can't tell you that. Yo, I'll write it down. Thanks. Now hit the concrete. I do that wherever I walk. I was getting all sorts of love notes today. There's only one word on the note, and one word was all I needed. Montworth. I knew where my next stop would be, Fred's Bar on East Street. I stepped out into the rain, a rain as refreshing as a flat, warm diet soda on a hot day with stale chips. I was being sarcastic, in case you couldn't tell. When I got to Fred's, I interrogated Joe about the price of beers and found out that I needed to head next for the hoity-toity part of town. I was walking along when I heard a voice. You saw mister? I looked down. This cute little red-headed rug rat was gazing at me with these big green eyes, as green as an emerald stuck in the ghost signal of a traffic light. Not today, sweetheart. Beat it. But it's for a good cause. Is that so? I'm starting an organization for little girls to teach them how to survive in this cruel, cruel world. Uh-huh. I call it the Kitty Campers. Catchy name, isn't it? Sorry, kid. I don't have the time and I don't have the dime. 
or two nickels, or one nickel and five pennies, or a quarter if you can make change. Well... All right, all right, I'll take a ten-cent shine. Okay, take off your shoes. I clean them inside and out. I took off my floor shimes for a dime shine and gave them to the little girl, and my mind wandered back to the case. What connection could there be between Mr. Concrete Shoes and Miss Wood? I know I had to make tracks while the trail was still hot. Doing with my shoes here, kid? Kid? I continued on in my stocking feet, making a middle note not to trust any dame, especially the little red-headed dames with green eyes and a shoeshine kit. Soon I found myself in front of the Montworth Mansion. This place was fancier than the outfits worn by the Radio City Rockettes during the Christmas holiday extravaganza, but not as sparkly. I rang the bell. No dice. So I rattled the dice. No bell. Hmm. No prize here. Then I noticed the door was slightly ajar. I pulled my second best friend out of his little home under my armpit and slowly opened the door. The foyer was bigger than Radio City Music Hall, with or without the Rockettes doing their holiday extravaganza, which is a really good act and stays in your mind for a long time. In the room, I noticed a teak hat rack, a granite bust of Napoleon, a winding staircase ascending to the upstairs, and a marble floor with a dead body dead center. It was Montworth. I knew him from all the pictures in the newspapers that appeared whenever he broke ground for some new building downtown. I had to make sure he was dead, so I checked for a pulse. Hey, get your hand off my neck! Montworth. You're alive? Of course I'm not alive. I've been shot a whole bunch of times. Then why do I not see any blood or bullet holes? This is black and white. You never saw blood or gore in black and white. You just had to assume that the body was dead. Ah, so you are dead. Yes. Oh, unless you'd like a more dramatic death. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, okay. <clears throat> is somebody there? Who are you? <coughs> My name is Bill. I'm a podcaster. Take it easy, Mountworth. You're in bad shape. But I work out. I don't think these holes we can't see are going to work out well for you. Who shot you? Can you tell me? Yes, I can. Well? What? Tell me who shot you. Oh, right, right, right. <clears throat> it was... <coughs> it was... <coughs> it was... It was... <sighs> and with that, he was gone. I had a mystery it on my... was... <coughs> And with that, he was... It was! And with that, he was gone. I had a mystery on my hands. I had no clues except for the fact that Shirley Wood was walking down the staircase with a huge automatic in her mitt. You arrived at an awkward time, Mr. Bell. So you offed Mutworth, eh? Why? He was my husband. We were secretly married two years ago. I kept my maiden name to keep our secrets safe. Our life together was a living heck. Heck? Black and white. Why did you lie to me about your husband's name? If you knew that my husband was really a rich millionaire, you may have charged me more. Fair enough. You needed a patsy. You wanted me to take the blame after you murdered him. No, it was an accident. I knew he was seeing another woman. Wait, he's a woman? No, I'm the woman that makes the woman he was seeing the other woman. I'm glad we cleared that up. I confronted him. We argued. He pulled out the automatic. Brad, I must confront you about seeing another woman. I'm not a woman. How dare you? You beast. I will pummel your chest. Ow! 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 Just for that, I'll pull out my automatic! We are fighting over the gun. Give it to me. No! Let me have it! Let me have it!
Ow! And that's what happened. The gun accidentally went off. It went off six times. Then you paused to reload it, and it went off six more times. Oh, you saw that? Yes. Darned flashbacks. I'm afraid you're going to the hot seat, Mrs. Wood. Or should I say Mrs. Montworth? I think the now very wealthy widow Montworth, who can afford a very good lawyer to beat this rap, would work here. But tell me, why did you do it? Why? Why did I do it? I'll tell you why. I did it because... Because that's the best way to save a marriage. What? The pointer's in my book. How to save your marriage? I, I don't understand. Mr. Bell, I replaced the color, too. Oh, so we're in color again. Yeah, and stereo, too. Isn't that good news? So you're not a gunsel? Nope. And our guest is not a murderer? That's correct. And Brad is still alive? Okay, so it's not all good news. Okay, I've got to take a break now. Everybody, please excuse me. I'm just uh, going to step outside for a minute. You have been listening to episode Shabby Shabby. of Bells in the Bat Free. All contents are copyright 2008 by John Bell. No copying or rebroadcasting is allowed without express permission from John Bell, which he actually gives pretty freely. He just likes to know beforehand who is using his stuff. So don't invite trouble. Write to John Bell at jbellvoice at gmail.com. To subscribe to Bells in the Bat Free, go to thebatfree.com. You can also subscribe through iTunes. Simply search for Bells in the Bat Free at iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a comment? Preferably a nice one, but it's a free country. Do what you want. If you enjoyed listening to Bells in the Bat Free, tell your friends. If you didn't enjoy listening, then why the heck if you listen to all of this boring stuff at the end? Thanks for listening. Join us again next time. Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.